Hi, and welcome back to the Relatively Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lady. I'm a freelance digital marketer and advocate for continued learning and self-development. This podcast is for anyone looking to learn from their peers about the lessons and growth from vulnerabilities, struggles, and adversities they faced in life. Today's episode is with someone who is originally from Northern California, but soon to be moving to Dallas for a cosmetology school. She has her bachelor's in nutrition, so she does training in nutrition as well as being a bartender. Ladies and gentlemen, Cassidy Bell. Cassidy, how's it going? Hi, good. Uh, where are you calling in from today? I am calling from Tucson, Arizona. Arizona? It's one of our yeah. first few people from out of California. So welcome. Oh, uh, well, happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, you haven't always been in North, um, Tucson, Arizona. You no, I have I mentioned not. in your bio, Northern California. Um, so you grew up in Pleasanton? Because yes. that's where we met. Um, so you grew up in Pleasanton. Um, what kind of a, a child were you like? Were you a rowdy child? Were you kind of like calm, follow the rules? Like, um, oh, gosh. So- I probably was more of a rule breaker than anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my, my siblings were probably more of the uh, rule followers. And I was probably always getting a little bit more into trouble. But not like bad trouble. Just yeah. I was just the one who was reprimanded more so for things, yes. <laughs> because if I remember, you have older brother, younger sister? Yes, so I have an so older brother. middle child. Yes, so that whole middle child kind of stigma mm-hmm. is very much true. I was definitely the middle child. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, definitely got a little more rowdy like in high school, but I'm, I'm more of the outspoken, outgoing one of the three of us. Yeah. So maybe like parents learned, they didn't know what they're doing with the, like your brother got to you like, Oh, let's learn from his mistakes. And then your sister, they're just like, all right, like whatever, like just stay alive. Like pretty much. They're like, okay, well you're, you're nothing compared to your sister. You're fine. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Um, Did you do, what were your like hobbies or activities or do you do sports growing up? I did. So I actually, I started at the age of seven, technically. I had to be eight to join the program at the time, but I started cheerleading Mm. around seven. And I had been doing that right up until I was 16. And then immersed in that was volleyball. And the season started coinciding when I got to high school. So I had to pick one and I chose cheerleading. Mm -hmm. I had been doing it way longer. I was better at it. I enjoyed it more. Um, But after that, I stopped cheerleading. Um, I didn't really have anything, so I'd always been really active, um, and that's where I found the gym because I had nothing else to do, and so I, like, begged my mom for a gym membership, and she never wanted to pay for one, and we got, like, the $10 one at Fitness 19, like, yeah. the really cheap one. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much, yeah, I always needed something to do, but I was always pretty active as a kid. I was on two competitive teams at one point in middle school, so, yeah, grew up doing that. Um, Ironically, I never really cared so much about like health or nutrition while I was in sports. That came at a at a later date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I have, yeah, I've always been active. There's always been something I've been doing my whole life. Cool. So, yeah. uh, once you stop cheerleading and volleyball, you're like, oh, I want to be moving and exercising still. I need something to fill that. So then you went. You finally got your mom to pay for the gym membership, and you got into the gym, um, and then that probably led to college where you kind of wanted to pursue nutrition. Is that right? Or was there kind of something in between there? 
there's kind of something in between that led to my uh, passion for nutrition. So okay. uh, got the membership around like 16. I was also doing like a lot of yoga at the time. Totally unaware of what I was doing in the gym. Uh, had no clue, but I was in the gym. I was doing something. And um, right around that time, because I was also doing the yoga, like anything I could find like on demand that was free to work out. Um, later that year, so it was like at the end of the very end of 2011. So it was my junior year of high school. So yeah, that was like one year after I had stopped cheerleading. Um, I had gotten really sick. And we just, at the time, because it was winter, it was Christmas break, we thought it was the flu. And so we went to the doctors and they were like, this isn't the flu. And mm. we were just so confused and they weren't really telling us anything. So they sent us to a specialist um, and the, the nurse practitioner was like, well, do you know what's going on? And we're like, we don't, no one's told us anything. And so they had told us, you know, with everything I was experiencing, they wanted to perform a colonoscopy. And technically it's the doctor I was seeing wasn't allowed to do that uh, for the anyone the age of under 18, but mm. we were so desperate. Like we, the parents signed waivers. We were okay. So it turns out um, that I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Mm. So amongst all of this, like brand new activity and getting into fitness and, you know, all of this, like I was catapulted into finding out that I have ulcerative colitis that's actually what kind of led me to digging deeper into health and fitness and nutrition because I wanted to know more about what was going on with me. Yeah. So that's where that started because originally I wanted to be a nurse. Mm. I quickly found out I did not like that. Didn't want to work in a hospital. It was no. cold and not my thing. No. And was that because of your time in the hospital figuring when you're sick and figuring this all out or was that was there something else? So with nursing, I, I feel like it was just the thing. It was like, oh, well, you know, doctors are paid a lot. And, oh, nurses are paid a lot. They make a lot mm. of money. And so I was like, I want to be a nurse. And um, I had done like a high school program where you get to work in a hospital for the mm. year. And I was actually dealing with that right when my colitis started. So I was dealing with being uh working in the hospital and then no one really understanding my illness. Um, and it was just such an unenjoyable, unenjoyable thing. I just realized I didn't want to be in a hospital every day. This wasn't my thing. It wasn't for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. um, but there were like all these other fields I could get into. And so nutrition was actually one of them. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's sort of related it's, and it's about health it's about yes. yourself and your body. So I could definitely see that connection there. So uh, ulcerative colitis. Is am I saying that? Yes, right? you're saying that right. Perfect. Um, I was like, oh god, I don't know if I can say it. Um, <laughs> so it's also referred as UC yes. or no? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I'm, UC I'm, I'm, colitis, ulcerative colitis. Okay. Yeah. So, so what was your? Because I've had some like health kind of random major health problems too. So like I can try to relate, but like. For people who haven't, what was your initial reaction when you're like, oh, this is not just the flu. This is something more real, something serious. Oh, shit. Because the doctor at the time, they said it was one of three things. They said it was either Crohn's disease and the difference between like, and I can get more into this. The difference between the two is that ulcerative colitis remains in your large intestine and Crohn's disease can be in like your whole digestive tract. 
So mm. it was either Crohn's colitis or cancer. And my mom, of course, at the time having a teenager whose, whose doctor just said she could have cancer was like freaking out. So we were all like, Oh my God, like what the heck is going on? And so ulcerative colitis was a much better diagnosis than uh, colon cancer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. So it was, oh shit. And then it was, like, oh shit, really like yeah. not good. And then it was like, okay, it's still not good, but it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Yeah. So that's always trying to look at the like bright side and be grateful <laughs> for that, I suppose. So yeah. uh, you not, not cancer. You have colitis. Um, what were the kind of day-to-day challenges of that since you just learned about this news and you're dealing with it while you're trying to finish high school, which before we started recording, you mentioned high school is hard enough as it is. So how do you handle the rest of high school with this as well? The first thing I remember having to handle was my social life. Um, telling my friends. And the funny thing is, is one of my longest and closest friends, Alyssa Moon, she has it too. So she was mm. the most understanding. So from that diagnosis, she and I grew a lot closer and we hung out more, but I pretty much ended up losing my whole friend group because I didn't really know how to handle it. Um, and like social scenarios. And so I was always running to the bathroom. I was in the bathroom back then for hours at a time. Um, so Mm. that was the first hurdle was my social life kind of went to shit. Um, you know, I, I isolated myself a little bit just because I didn't really know how to handle it. And at least in high school, the teachers only really let you go to the bathroom once. So that was my other hurdle is oh. um, having to tell my teachers and making them understand that I had to go to the bathroom more than once. And I had a lot of teachers who were really hard pressed to let me go. And, um, high school was the first place I had like my first like accident. Cause like, that's one thing with the illnesses. Like you can, you can soil yourself. And mm. so that was the biggest hurdle is like my teachers refusing to understand that, like, I'm not skipping class. I'm not ditching class. I yeah. actually had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> wow. And this is probably like, you told them about this. You're like, Oh, this is like a health condition I have. Like I, this, Yes. And they still didn't let you? Yeah. So I had, I can remember two very distinct teachers. Um, my civics teacher, I forget his name, and my zoology teacher. Um, I don't know if we want to call out names. Do you want no, to? No, I kind I, of want to. Okay. Let me know if this is the person's name. Civics? Was it Winstrand? I think so. Is he bald? Tall, bald guy, volleyball, uh, water polo? I think so. Yeah. It was yeah. Winstrand and then uh, Turner Bull. They both were the most strict about, they were, so they were the most strict about like one restroom visit. You have to sign out. You cannot go once you've gone. And so it was like pulling teeth with them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. (laughs) And and like for most students, they're just trying to like fool around and like leave class and like be a dick. But like, you're like, no, like I'm going to pee or shit in my seat. Yeah, I was like, like, like I will shit in your seat. Do you want me to? Because I'll make you clean it up. Like this isn't a joke. Yeah, because like, oh I was, God. I was never the student to get in trouble like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not, 
I'm not skipping out and breaking the rules. I yeah. just need to use a toilet. Like, <laughs> Jeez. that is, yeah, that's so, uh, that's so hard. So between your teachers, these people we're supposed to trust and respect, they're not taking care of you or letting you do your thing. Correct. And your, then your friends are like, peace. We're like, well, we I, so I just, at the time being so young, I didn't understand what was going on. So it was just easier not to go hang out with them. And so I okay. just kind so, of, it all just, we just stopped hanging out because of it. Kind of grew apart. It wasn't yeah. necessarily like, oh, you're going to the bathroom too much. Bye. Like, exactly. it wasn't like, okay, it was not yeah. like that. Okay. If you're friends with Cassie in high school, I take back my, my escape. Um, <laughs> no, they're, was, it, they, I'm, still they, friends, they, like, <laughs> I'm still friends with these people. It's just okay. like, I ended up isolating myself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is understandable because you have this bizarre condition that's really uh, rare from my understanding, less than 200,000 or so cases a year. Actually, that's what Google, that's what Google said. Yeah. So they think, um, upwards of 2 million Americans have Crohn's or colitis, mm. but only on average 500,000 will end up diagnosed. Mm, okay. So it's more common than you think. Um, I just think people don't realize that their gut issues are maybe more serious than they think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So then dealing with all this in high school, finding out um, about colitis, and then you go off to college, which yes. and that's when you're like, did you go to college declared as a nutrition major? Because I did of all not. You did not. Okay. I did not. I actually, so um, I was admitted to the University of Arizona in their physiology program, which is pre-med. So I thought, okay, screw nursing. Let's try physical therapy. So I actually got into their physiology program um, and then found out later in the fall semester that first year that I wanted to do nutrition. But I was admitted to U of A. Um, you know, and the nice thing with having gone to college is now I have the freedom to go to the bathroom when I want. Like none of the teachers cared. You could get up and leave a hundred times over and they're not going to bat an eyelash. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like bigger lecture halls. It's college. You're adult. Like. You're there. You show up to class or you don't. Some teachers don't take attendance. Like Exactly. And if you um, got to go, you got to go. Like, they don't care. You're an adult. Do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, that, so a little bit a little bit easier to manage during classes. Um, yes. Um, but from my understanding, a couple of years into college, you had a pretty major, like, flare or pretty major. Yes, I did. So okay. that was my first major flare after being diagnosed. It was I remember it perfectly because it was right after I turned 21. Mm. Um, I, being the naive young person that I was, was not taking my medication for about a year because I, I didn't think I needed it. And I that kind of, I don't think my body was happy. So it sent me into a flare. And that one was short-lived. It was only about a week. Called up my doctor. He's like, okay, you dumbass. You got to be on something. And so then that's when um, they actually decided to also put me on Humira. Mm -hmm. So kind of adding to the list of medications. But, I mean, it really worked and it knocked uh, the flare out. But that was like the first really major uh, incidence with my colitis that I had after being diagnosed. Okay. So you said it lasted about a week. But what is this flare? What are the like – potentially some symptoms or what are you going through during that week? What's it like? So there can be like two sides to it. 
And so for me, what I experience is like the frequent bowel movements. And so when I flare, I'm going like 20 times a day. Whoa, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. So frequent, frequent bowel movements, uh, weight loss, loss of appetite. So like I can't eat anything. Everything upsets my system. Um, so I'm not eating um, extreme fatigue. I was anemic for a while. That hasn't since haven't dealt with that. Um, the fatigue is the biggest one. The bowel movements, there can be like obviously blood in your stool and stuff and like abdominal pain and cramping. But on the other spectrum, you can actually experience constipation and weight gain. Mm. So I don't know too many people with that one. But I experienced the the urgency and the bowel movements and then the weight loss. Okay. So that's where like they really get concerned is because I'm not eating and I'm losing all this weight from going to the bathroom. And then I'm in this like horrendous pain. Um, it's like awful. Like when, when I try and tell people about the illness, I always, always tell them. I go, think about it like the worst stomach ache you've ever had. Or like a time when you were like running to the bathroom, like you ate something bad and you were in the bathroom all night. Think about that every single day of your life. And now that's putting it in extremes, um, but that's kind of like what it is. Wow. It's just like constant horrendous stomach aches. Yeah. And sometimes you don't make it to the bathroom. And I've had plenty of those experiences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's like, it, I'm imagining if I had it that might be some like ego and embarrassment issues of like, Oh dude, like I just shit myself. I'm like 22 years old. Like what? Oh, like, yeah. like, so like, I can't imagine like, that's, that's really tough. Uh, well, it's funny that you bring that up because I don't think a lot of people realize like the mental toll that it mm -hmm. takes on you. Cause at least for me, like I've had plenty of times where you get so in your head about it that you think it's going to happen any moment of any day, no matter where you are, when really it's not. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's been another like hurdle, but yeah, it's, it can take a pretty big mental toll on you too. Yeah. So you're like this week long flare, you're in pain, you're mentally in pain too. You're not able to eat. You're kind of just what stuck in bed. Yes. Wow. Oh, yeah. Stuck in bed. Uh, call your doctor, get back on meds and, and more meds. And it kind of goes away. It seems like. Yes. Or, so, or, it gets, or it gets, yeah, go ahead and kind of explain. Because, so because it's, it's a chronic illness and um, I call it a chronic inflammatory illness. Some people think it's an autoimmune disease and there's like some debate in the medical field about that. Okay. But um, the symptoms can like flare up and then subside and like your gut can totally heal. And there can be like no signs of the illness at all. If like someone were to go look, um, but yes, there can be like long, long periods of remission where you're totally symptom free and you're totally normal. Um, and then you have these flares or at least like after that one at 21, I was always symptomatic. Um, but like this time around, cause I had, I just had recently gotten out of a, another flare. This is the best I've ever felt. Like I really don't have many symptoms anymore. Mm -hmm. Awesome. But yeah. This, yeah. this last flare was real different real different and this was this was the one we just got finished talking about that week-long one that was uh 21 so a few years ago yes and then this one you recently got out of yes um was was it a week was it a few days like was it months like can you like talk me through that a little bit yeah more? so 
It's funny. I had just finished my very last class I needed for my degree over the summer. So I got done with that in August and it started at the end of August and I was at work and I remember it clearly. I was having like a really bad day. I was feeling really sick and I was going to the bathroom a lot. And I was like, I could kind of tell, I was like, uh-oh, I really hope I'm not starting to flare. And I was, and it lasted literally what until I'd say until the end of November. Whoa. So I that's, just got done with it. So that's like uh, almost th- what three months? Yeah, that's like three months, three ish. So end yeah. end end of August to like end, end of, of August November. till the end of so November. September, October, November. Wow, yeah. it wow. was a long one. So, yeah. uh, okay, that's a lot. Um, it was a so, lot. So <laughs> you're like, duh, man. Of course, it's a lot. <laughs> uh, with like twelve weeks compared to one week. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so obviously besides the length of time was there any new or different like symptoms or challenges that came up this time versus the last time yes so i was i had to stop working and luckily you know i had switched jobs so i at the end of june i left hooters and i thought working at this new bar here in tucson was going to be this amazing opportunity so I, i left hooters and i went to this new bar and um you know, looking back at it, I really think it was a blessing in disguise that this flare happened to me because it was such a toxic work environment. The mm. the employees, there was always something new that day when I walked in. There was always drama going on and the management was so disorganized and just I would go into work and I would leave work being anxious because they made me so anxious just from everything that day. And um, yeah, so I had this new job. I had to stop work because it was so bad. Completely couldn't work. I was 100% bedridden. Like it was to a point when my doctor was like sending in prescriptions and stuff. I had my family go get them for me. Um, I would only get up to go to the bathroom. Um, I was literally starving. I mean, there were times when I felt like I was literally dying, you know, and I did have to go to the ER at one point to get hydrated. Yeah. And luckily, luckily, like if I hadn't demanded to go, I think I probably would have been admitted the next day just because I was just so I was so malnourished. Um, So, yeah, it was 100 percent bedridden Um, this time around. It was weird because my bowel movements weren't as frequent, but the pain was worse. I was experiencing nothing like I had ever experienced before. I had like horrendous nausea all the time. I got heartburn every single time I ate. Um, I was chugging insurers like two, two or three a day, and those get expensive. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like every other symptom this time around was so much worse. And mm. um, in the midst of all this, I had decided I wanted to go to cosmetology school. So I had to suck it all up in October and go travel for a little bit. Um And that was hard. Yeah. And like, there were people on the plane who like were concerned for me and like told the flight attendants and stuff. And I was like, thank you for your concern, but please leave other people out of this. Like, (laughs) I just, just let me, let me suffer for like two hours. (laughs) Um, So yeah. And then this time around, um, you know, they put me back on prednisone, which is a steroid to try and cut the inflammation. So they, 
did, I didn't want to be on that again. They put me back on that. So I was on, you know, some extra medication. And then this time around, I actually um, was utilizing marijuana to help fight some of my symptoms. So I actually spent like the entire month of October, like stoned off my ass because I couldn't do anything. I literally, yeah. I would have like every other day would be a good and a bad day. And on, on my good days, I would try and go and do as much as I could while I was feeling good. But like in the midst of all this, I was like, completely high out of my mind <laughs> yeah it was so it was just everything else was so much worse this time around um yeah not so Sheesh. much yeah going 20 times a day it was just like mm -hmm. sheer pain of it all yeah mm -hmm. wow wow so marijuana to help quick message from one of my sponsors anchor anchor is the platform i use to host my podcast on it is so free and so easy to use as a chronic overthinker and over researcher I usually overanalyze everything before making a decision. Anchor was a clear choice for me and helped my podcast get off the ground quickly. It'll distribute your podcast for you so your audience can listen on their favorite platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You do not need fancy equipment or software. You can literally record and edit podcasts within the app on your phone or computer. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required. If you've been wanting to start your own podcast, I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Just ease the pain physically, but also like distract yourself mentally, I'm sure. Because oh, yes. if you're just stuck in bed, like you don't want to just be like in your own head all the time and like yes. eating yourself alive in terms of your thoughts and your mindset. So yeah, I definitely uh, did that, that a couple times. Yeah. So that was October. And then... Did anything improve or change between um, like September, October, November, or was it kind of consistently the same situation throughout? So there were changes. I would say like all of September, I was 100% bedridden. And then October, I started having like my good, bad days. So about every other day, I was completely bedridden. And that's when I had to, um, I went to Colorado to check out cosmetology schools there. Um it was great because weed's legal there. So I really didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, and then come November, I'm, I'm having like better and better days, but it was still kind of that on and off. And then that's where like I was getting more in my head about it because I was coming out of it, but it was like, okay, can I get back to normal life? You know, am I going to have an accident? And so it was more of like this mental battle in November, um, you know, and, I had gone out to see my boyfriend in Hawaii and that's when he really snapped me out of the mentality of it. So I haven't needed marijuana since I really only use it when I'm really in like the thick of it. Um, but yeah, it was kind of this like total physically in bed, kind of having that like middle ground and then like the mentality of like, can I get back to normal life? Um, and now finally, like now that I'm out of it, I, I feel so much better. I finally feel normal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And it's been a few weeks now since it's middle of December, which is crazy. Christmas yeah, is in I one know. week. Yeah, I know. Christmas is in a yeah. week. Yeah. If you're listening to this, it's like a few weeks after Christmas. But uh, when we're recording it, the Christmas is one week. So uh, that's crazy. So uh, just in a few weeks, you feel pretty dang normal. Like you don't like there's nothing too affecting you too much day to day or like. Yeah, I would. So. I would say going to Hawaii is what really knocked me out of it because it was such a long trip. You know, um, my boyfriend's name is Matt. 
as well. So he wanted to take me and do all of these things. And he like called me on my bullshit. He was like, you need to stop this. Like you need to stop the pity party. You're fine. You know, if something happens, it happens. I have my little emergency kit. Like I'm ready. It is what it is. And so he really snapped me out of it, which was great. I'm so thankful. I, cause I don't know if I hadn't gone to see him, I don't know if I'd mentally be out of it. Um, yeah, now like that my stomach's coming around, you know, there's like some little lingering like health issues here and there that are propping up just because of the medication and the side effects of like prednisone. And so I'm finally kind of, you know, at the tail end of all that, thank God. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it's just been like one thing after another with this flare. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. it really kicked me on my butt. It's really put me to the test. And to clarify, so it's not like you saying your health issue isn't re- a real issue. It's your mentality and attitude surrounding it and that you're kind of recovered and kind of at the tail end of it. He wants yes. to get you push you over the edge to like get you back to normal Cassidy. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't so much like the physical aspect of it was mm-hmm. dying down. It was like. I'm so in my head all the time that it was getting the best of me. So finally, mm. you know, I'm really out of that headspace. Great. Uh, yeah, because that that sometimes can be the worst of it. I mean, I had I had one semester in college where that mentality and I was so anxious over having to maybe use the bathroom all the time that um, I dropped all of my in-person classes and I went online for as long as I could. Just because that mental space was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's uh, a great progress. That's incredible to like overcome. Um, yeah. So, but physically now the last few weeks, you're feeling better. You're back in the gym. You're I back working back out. The gym. That's yes. really exciting. And you're um, eating more normally. Oh, I'm eating. So one thing I used to do. I used to just put up with the pain of foods that would kind of give me symptoms. I'm not doing that anymore. (laughs) So I'm eating anything and everything I can that makes me feel good. Good. Yeah. And that was, uh, that's a shift. Like you just said from before where you're just like, Oh, I don't care if this is going to make me feel bad later. You're now like kind of, you're reprioritizing like, no, like let's try to be smart and thoughtful and kind to yourself. Yeah. Like in your gut about that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Okay. So wow, that's a lot. Um yes, that is a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um what's so besides um trying to tie it back into people listening, uh people like myself who aren't experiencing it ourselves, but may have friends and family that have or have colitis or uh, similar conditions. Is there anything or what can we do to help? Is it Like, is it having, you know, like, how can we help support or? I love, that is a great question. I love that question. Um, I'll do it from like my family's perspective. And then I guess I'll do it from like my friend's perspective. Okay. Um, so my family like sees the struggle every day. So they have helped me come up with solutions. So one solution my mom suggested when I was 19 was in total emergent cases to use adult diapers. And I'm not kidding. And at 19, that's really embarrassing. Cause I'm like, I'm a 19 year old woman. Um, I'm not a toddler. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to use that. 
Well, and you're not, and you're not 80 years old either. Exactly. I'm not 80 yeah. and failing, but mm -hmm. it's actually come in handy. So now that I'm almost, you know, a quarter of my life through, I don't care. Mm -hmm. So if there's a really, really bad day or I'm flaring and I have to travel and I can't make it to a bathroom, I will 100% wear one of those. Um, making sure, you know, from a family perspective, I have a little emergency kit. Um, whatever works for your loved one and in their emergency kit, making sure they have that, making sure, you know, reassuring them that like, that's why you prepared it and, and being patient with them. Um, definitely is really big and being supportive, um, you know, and just understanding because I'll have my family pull over all the time so I can go to the bathroom. Like I have so many creative ways to use a bathroom without actually needing a bathroom. Um, just understanding and being patient with that. Um, and then I guess from like a girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife perspective, um, just knowing that like you're there for them is probably the biggest thing. And like, it is kind of hard to really relate because it's not a common illness. Um, my boyfriend really doesn't care. Like he let me go as much as I want and he won't care. And if we're late to something, you know, he gets it. And, um, he knows that I have to do what I have to do is totally fine. Just letting your, your loved one do what they got to do. Um, is really big. I know I like to sit on towels in my car in like, in case something, you know, in case I have uh, symptoms pop up. And at first everyone thought it was a little weird, but now they really get it. And they're like, yeah, cool. And it's funny because in cases, if we need a towel for something, uh, we got a towel. You got a towel. Yeah. We got a towel. You're the overprepared mom without, oh, but it's, I it's, am. For, it's for you, but in other situations, you're like, yeah, no, I got you guys. So oh, yeah, because I so that's think cool. like, so my little emergency kit, I, for mm -hmm. maybe anyone listening is brand new with Crohn's or colitis. I don't know. Um, I have a towel. I have baby wipes um, that because it's easier than toilet paper. I used to have toilet paper. I have an extra pair of pants and underwear just in case. And then um, what's the last thing I have? Oh, I have plastic bags, in, you know, to put everything in. So I'm not yes. like getting everything all messy. Yeah. So, but the funny thing is, is those in separate occasions have come in handy for anything else. Oh, it's great. certainly. Yeah. Oh, those yeah. are very common items. Like just <laughs> all in conjunction help you specifically, but those are very common items to have. So, oh yeah. Especially in like, I mean, for like you said, like I'm like the overprepared mom almost like it's like having a diaper bag or something. So yeah, people really don't bat an eyelash. Good. That's, they don't that's know. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. I'm glad that you're, and uh, maybe now it's been years you've been having this. You're so accepting and kind of positive or at least optimistic about it all. You're like, you're joking about it now. Like, I don't know if that was the case when you first started, right? It was not. So mm -hmm. um, I was beyond embarrassed when I was first diagnosed. I'd say up until about 20 years old. Um, I actually had a couple friends here in college who I was still in that embarrassed mindset. They used to make fun of me. Like I'd go to the bathroom and I'd come back and they'd be like, how was it? What it looked like? How many roll, uh, how many squares of toilet paper do you use? Or like, and then, you know, 10 minutes later after they made fun of me, I'd get up and go again. And they'd be like, there she goes again. And at the time I was mortified, yeah. but in retrospect, um, if they hadn't done that, they wouldn't have gotten me out of that mindset. So now 
um, you know, so many years later, I, I joke about it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I shit myself guys. Like, haha, it's great. Yeah. Um, Cause for some, you know, who have normal gut health, that's like, not normal to just like shit mm-hmm. yourself. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they got me out of that mindset in college. Um, you know, when before meeting my boyfriend, um, and dating, it was always a challenge, you know, but I was mm-hmm. always upfront with people because there's always jokes and such stigmas around girls and bowel movements. And, you know, we, we don't go to the bathroom. Like we yeah, just women glitter don't, and we don't rainbows. Fart. Yeah, women don't fart. (laughs) Um, So I've realized that actually guys really don't care. Mm -mm. So uh, having gone on dates, you know, I would just be up front and be like, look, if I get up a hundred times during this date, it's not you. It's my bowels. Like I have to go to the bathroom and no one really cares. Um, You know, and then having met my boyfriend, because we met in college um, and he's in the military he really doesn't care because those guys will shit in front of each other and have a full-blown conversation. So, uh, no, nowadays I really don't care. And I just, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. 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 I think it's, I think that's huge progress because this is a chronic condition. Like you've mentioned on, uh, earlier is like, this is for life. Most likely, if not definitely like it's, you're just going to, you accept it or you don't. And your mindset and how you navigate each day uh, is really key to like, you know, fulfillment and happiness. So if you're just going to be down about it all the time, even if you're in a flare or not, like that sucks. That's, that is depressing and sad. Yeah. And I could, I could understand why someone is like that. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. But, but I think the way you've grown and progressed over the last seven, eight years of having it, yeah. uh, if my math is right, um, it's just like awesome to see be- and like slightly inspiring so that other Thank people, you. <laughs> so people are like, oh, well, she has a chronic, she has a chronic illness and she's happy and still doing stuff and like trying to achieve her goals and dreams. Like I have nothing wrong with me. I did air quotes for, because <laughs> I have nothing wrong with me. Cassie has all that and still doing shit i should do some shit too like i should go after my like dreams and stuff so i think it's just i think it's really cool it's something to like take away from all this like Thank there's you. always it's not to yeah. say i don't have my days where i don't think oh, i no, can no. do anything yeah oh no but um especially the last few weeks as you've kind of like you transitioned out of the bad flare like you're back in the gym you're back living your life you're trying to be no- a normal human and like yeah, so you just got to take advantage of the good days. Oh, and yes. it's, it's a lot easier to take advantage of the good days, I'd imagine, if you're optimistic and positive. Because you know, at any point, it could turn into a bad day. So just try to take like the most of the exactly. good days, right? Well, yeah. and I love that you bring that up because um, I, I'm probably going to say his name wrong. But he was a Navy SEAL, and he has a book out called Can't Hurt Me, uh, David Goggins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I follow his Instagram and there was like there was a giant he had a giant caption about how um some people just wait for the perfect moment. They wait for the right conditions to do anything. And that's never the case and um 
it shows your character and who you are when you show up on those less than perfect days. And that's kind of like what I had to really transition out of with this flare is like, I can't just wait to feel great to start up again. Like I have to just push through the suck a little bit and get back to where I want to be. You know, when pushing through that suck, it was in Hawaii for sure. That last little like leg of everything, because there is nowhere to pull over in Hawaii. No, Mm -mm. there's nowhere. There are like no bathrooms. There's nowhere to pull over. If you're pulling over, you're in someone's yard. So it was kind of like literally facing, like staring down the barrel of a gun and saying like, you have to do this. And so, yeah, some people want to wait around for those perfect conditions, but you really can't. Like, if you want to get it done, yeah. So I really had to, that's like the last like month is like really getting through that last little bit of suck. Last little bit of suck. I like that. <laughs> uh, good way to put it. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So, and this is really relevant because people will be listening to this after the new year, but we're talking about it before the new year. Yes. And this is a topic I am have mixed feelings on, but New Year's resolutions. And because that is the perfect, that is someone, your eyes lit up. So let me finish my thought. People, and I've done this myself, I'm guilty of it too. People wait till the new year because as a society, we've determined the new calendar year is a new time to start, new beginnings, new whatever. And that's when you can start being healthier. That's when you can start doing this hobby. But you could, every day is the same. It's a new day. Start whenever. I'll let you, I'll let you talk. So I just... I love that you brought that up because um, I don't know if you know Claire O'Leary because she went to high school with us. Mm, the um, name sounds familiar. Like Sarah Ryan and Claire O'Leary, they're like best friends. They did like the Irish dancing. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, I'm Yeah, I know of her. You're yeah. familiar with them? Okay. So Claire, right towards, I was still kind of bedridden and I was feeling, I was feeling sorry for myself. I was like, I can't work out. I'm not working. I... Like, what can I do to get myself in a better headspace? And I, like, I'm really into, like, I'm kind of a hippie. I'm really into astrology and tarot and intuition and listening to that and, like, talking to your angels and, like, um, not always praying to God. I literally, like, I will talk to my angels. Um, I had this really big feeling to go follow Claire. And I had no idea. She's really, really into fitness. And so she posts what she does every single day. And this, I have a point with the resolutions. She writes down 10 goals every single morning. Like they could be big or small goals, 10 major goals that she wants to accomplish at that point in time in her life. And then she also writes down like um, what she's grateful for. And then like three things that she liked at the end of the day. And I started doing that. I went out to CVS. I bought a new journal. And cause I like journaling, I bought a new journal and I was like, I'm going to start with the gratitude thing. And so I would write down, um, maybe I wouldn't say like things I hated that day. It was just say three things that didn't go so well that day. And then three things, um, that I have gratitude for that day. And then I started doing every morning. Um, I wrote down 10 goals that I want to accomplish in 2020, 10 goals. And I write those every single day and I call them manifesting. So She literally manifests every single morning. And thanks to her, she gave me that idea. I do it every single day. And it really got me into this headspace of like, I can accomplish these things. I can do these things. And I started that like a month ago. 
So with the new year resolution, I would say just don't wait. And if it's already the new year, because this will probably be out by the new year, start doing it right after you listen to this. Like there's yeah. there's no point in waiting because again, it goes back to what David Goggins, uh, I can't say his name, David Goggins was saying is like, there, there will be no perfect moment. And it's going to be a representative of who you are if you're starting in those less than perfect conditions. So I am totally on board for like manifesting and goal setting and writing down those resolutions, but there's no point in waiting. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, if it works for you, awesome. That's great. I think you can just get an extra two week head start if you just, or whenever you do it, you don't have to wait till the new year. Exactly. You don't have to wait until the new year. You can literally just start. You literally just start. And I, to wrap up on this section, I love the gratitude journal. I've did that when I do it, I don't do it consistently anymore, but the days I do do that and goal setting and gratitude and the manifest or mantras like values, yeah. I, I kind of write down like values to focus on like accountability or discipline. I'm not disciplined about my journal apparently, but like, <laughs> that, like those days are just noticeably better than oh, days. I don't do it. So give it a try journal start small build up to it you don't have to just go two hours in the morning writing writing an essay every morning oh no you don't it can like when i write in the morning it's it's either just my goals or if i really feel like writing something out i will i'll take the time and journal but yeah my days are exponentially better when i when i manifest because it's all up here i'm pointing oh, and yeah. tapping <laughs> my, my attitude uh any anything else you want to talk about with in regards to colitis or how other people can help. Um, any things we should people should look out for um, if they think they might have it, or just years down the line. Oh yeah. So the first great resource is the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. It's a nonprofit. They have a website. They're super resourceful. Um, Alyssa Moon's parents are like on the board, so they oh, cool. they love it. They love the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation is a great resource. I'd say something to look out for if you think you might have it. Um, Definitely the frequent bowel movements. I mean, I have some guy friends who eat like 5,000 calories a day who go four times a day. That That's fine because yeah, you're eating so different. much. Mm -hmm. But like if your stools all of a sudden aren't normal, if you have blood in your stool, if you're feeling sick, like I had flu-like symptoms. Mm. Um, so if all of a sudden your loved one isn't eating um, and they're going all the time, I would maybe go see someone because gut health is really important. Like if something's wrong, it starts with your gut. So I would, you know, keep on top of it, go check it out. Like, don't ignore it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely something that can't be ignored because if you let, if you let Crohn's and colitis go, it can have some serious consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'll put um, the links, the link to that in the show notes and in the post and I'll tag it so people can find it. Um, before we move on to that one thing segment, just, Thanks for being so open and so candid about everything. Oh, no uh, I've, I've learned a lot and I'm sure people listening have too. So people listening, they know what's happening. It's that one thing. It's a short little segment I do with everyone. It's uh, you are able to talk to everyone in the world all at once. You have a text message, a video, an image that you want to share with them. What do you say and why? This could be something funny or it could be a universal life truth that you find to be true or like a mantra. So this is actually something that my sister told me while I was in Hawaii. 
I was in the middle of uh, a really bad anxiety attack over my colitis, and she she thought I was having anxiety about having anxiety. And she said, the world is not that cruel to you. And so that got me thinking, okay, so the it's not that bad. Like the world isn't that cruel to you. So it's not happening to you. Things are happening for you. And so that really kind of snapped me out of my mental state. Mm. So yeah, the world is not that cruel to you. So it's really not as bad as you think. It It's bad as you th- you make it it's bad yes. as you think about it and let it manifest and simmer and sit and like oh this thing happened because x y and z and like life shit and like if you say all those things that's your reality exactly your you create your own reality so the world is not that that it's cruel. not that bad it's not that cruel to you because it's all what you're manifesting for yourself so i just that has sat with me for the rest of the year and i think yeah. about it every day yeah that's awesome. The world is not that cruel to you. The world's not that cruel to you. Yeah. So, world, where can uh, Cassidy, where can the world find you? And uh, if they want to talk to you more, just follow along your nutrition, cosmetology, training, colitis journey. Um, probably my Instagram is my my most active social media. So, it's uh, Cassidy Ray Bell and then an underscore. And Ray is spelled R-A-E. So, it's not like awesome. the guy's name. Yeah. No, no, R-A-E. R-A-E. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Follow I will, her. I will be getting back into training. So that's probably where I'll be doing my my like posting about it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Posting about training, posting about um nutrition and cosmetology, maybe a little bit, and yeah. some mindset and um that hippie shit you were talking about. <laughs> yes. I, I see some of that. I see some of that there in, in there too. So a lot of good stuff. Um any, any last parting words for the podcast? No, I just thank you for letting me be part of this. This was a lot of fun. Oh, good. I'm so glad you came on. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, everyone else, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please share it, then leave a rating and review if you haven't already. Have an awesome day.